0: Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Magnet Podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. As always, I am joined by my good buddy, my friend up in a different part of the world, almost seems like it's a chaotic part of the world in my mind, just because it's so easy going here in Alabama, but my guy is all, where, where are you? New Jersey? New, New Hampshire? Where, where are you? New York, baby. The Empire is, State. The, the big state, like the big place, I've always wanted to visit New York, JB, and I've always wanted to go there, and, and now I have a reason to go there so you and I can just go around. We talked about getting pizza before. I don't know. There seems to be a lot of people in the podcasting community that is up in that neck of the woods.
1: Yeah, there is. There's actually a, a bunch of people. And they were talking about doing Scott Fishbowl live next year. Mm-hmm. God willing, you know, hopefully the world is normal again. If we could do that, I was talking to Salito, who lives a couple of towns over from me. So I didn't have a great showing this year in Scott Fishbowl. So I'm hoping I get a chance at redemption next year. And it would be really cool to meet up with a bunch of the fantasy minds that are local and, and do a nice little draft together.
0: Oh, that would be fun! And of course, I am talking to J.B. Berry at Fantasy Coach JB on Twitter. You can find him over there. You can find me Wes Easley, on Twitter as well at It. And don't forget to follow all the show and all the fit picks and everything going on at Fi Today with a little underscore on Twitter. Uh, JB, uh, I, I was scheduled to go to Cleveland actually to the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. With uh, my my good buddy Bob Lung at the at Big Guy Fantasy Sports, we, he has a big fantasy football convention up there, and I was scheduled to he invited me to go up there and join him, just being a nice guy and everything, because I had gotten involved with him with baseball, and that's kind of where I got started in the fantasy community. Oh, sometime at the beginning of the year, and then you know everything went haywire and buckled under and all that stuff. So it was just really strange this year, especially with baseball being canceled at some point. It, it was just hard to really find a routine for baseball. But uh, he had planned on me going up there with him uh, and a bunch of other people just to meet everybody. I was so excited to do that. That was going to be a blast. And and it got all canceled, of course.
1: Yeah, that would have been really cool. I mean, this this year kind of just put a damper on, on a lot of different plans. You know, literally, the last thing I did was go watch Hofstra win the Colonial Athletic Association Championship game that I, I took, like, two buses and and, like, Uh, an Amtrak down to go watch them play because I had just got ankle surgery and I wasn't able to drive yet I still had a big walking boot so I took a train to Penn Station took an Amtrak down to DC took two buses walked there with my walking boot I watched them win the championship and then a week later the whole world shut down so I mean it's put a damper on everything this year and thank God look Wes we're here in December now so it's almost January and and god you gotta you gotta figure that 2021's gotta be better than this right
0: <laughs> you would think so you would you would hope so I, I suppose it could be it all depends on your outlook of life too you could always find the uh, silver linings around every dark cloud i believe and find opportunities i mean if it wasn't for a pandemic kind of thing a world pandemic i would have probably never met you maybe i wouldn't have got so involved in the fantasy football community or anything that has been so accepting not only of me but also of the fantasy impact today network uh, and all the different shows that are going on here just a a great outpouring of acceptance, not only for me, but for other people. And that is one of the things that has impressed me about the fantasy football community and fantasy sport community just in general.
1: Yeah, very true. Very true that this pandemic allowed a lot of people to get in. I think there was a lot of people that got further involved in this industry because of being home and being able to put more time into it when you know a lot of people have wanted to and just didn't have the time to. So I think you're right. There is a silver lining there. And I'm happy to have met all the all the good new friends that I've made.
0: Well, not only that, but I, I'm I'm just going to say this. One of the things that has struck me about this fantasy community is how large of a voice we actually have. OK, and collectively, not, maybe not singularly, because singularly, we're all kind of dividing the lines of the people that we get to meet and the people that we uh, get to reach out to with the analysis that we have. But co- but collectively, I think the fantasy community has a pretty big voice that I think that in the future we will be able to use for something much larger than just fantasy football or fantasy sports altogether. You know, of course, Scott Fish, like you were talking about, has got a big influence uh, in the community that he reaches into and that i saw a big post for him with uh, handing out a bunch of toys for tots there i think he went shopping in his local target so we are going to be able to use that voice somehow some way for a greater good i don't i don't know what that's going to be but it just feels like that's what's going to end up happening with the fantasy community so i want to encourage everybody to keep trying to collectively use that power somehow some way
1: yeah and you know what you're already starting to see it taking on bullies, taking on, you know, mm-hmm. homophobes and sexophobes and whatever else that are out there. Somebody comes at somebody with a comment about, you know, what what, you know, white women shouldn't be in sports or something stupid and they just <laughs> get attacked. They get attacked and I love it. I absolutely love it because that's what this community is about. We rally around each other and if somebody is is being disrespected or if somebody is, you know, uh talking poorly about somebody for no reason then you know we got a, the whole group of each other that have each other's back and we always will and I love that
0: and not only for those reasons but uh I I know that there's been people who have um, from the from the outside let's just say some from the outside some fans of others Who maybe get burned one week because of one person's analysis, right, of what they think is going to happen, trying to predict the future, and they get it wrong. And all of a sudden, you know, they're getting blasted for some reason of just getting, uh, you know, whether or not Derek Carr had a good game last week, you know. And and look, that's the thing about uh, being an analyst is that we can't get everything right. And we're not going to get everything right. All we're doing is looking at it. We're, we're not throwing darts. Maybe we're a little bit better educated than other people are because we're trying to study these things. We're trying to listen to other people. We're getting input from all different kinds of sources. And that's what fans turn to an analyst for is that they have already done the work. And so now we're trying to put it in a nice little package form. But that doesn't mean it's always going to be accurate.
1: Exactly. And people, the, the quicker people understand that, the, the easier, you know, people... us analysts aren't here to hand feed you and spoon feed you your start sit decisions we're here to give you information to help you make an informed decision you know ultimately it's it's not me or you that's clicking somebody else's lineup it's them that's setting their lineup we're giving you all the tools and information that we can to give you everything that that you need to help you make a more informed decision
0: and well, well the one thing i always think about whenever i think about fantasy is, is that it is fantasy, right? It is a game. It is a sport. It, we, we do not control these outcomes. Nobody does. that. Even if you push the little button, you don't control that outcome. Whenever you do it, yep. all you could do is make the best decision that you possibly can make at the time and hope that it gets followed through by the players or anything like that. And even that, you know, you don't want to start attacking players either because they performed poorly one Sunday. Look, they're, they're trying to do the best that they can to, possibly, unless maybe they're a New York Jet, right? Then maybe they're not. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: hate that. I hate when people go at players on Twitter. They don't care about your fantasy team. They want to do well regardless of if yes. they're on your fantasy team or not. I hate when people do that. But you Speaking. know what, Wes? One of the best decisions I made was mm. being being friends with you and being on this podcast and, and being a fantasy magnet and just reflecting on those things. I did a post on Thanksgiving and oh. just reflecting on the things that this year and this community has brought. And and I'm very thankful for you for the opportunity to to do this podcast on the Fantasy Impact Today Network, for all the friends that I've made, for Scott Fish for allowing me to be in the fishbowl to make all these friends. Just awesome things. DT and the Razzball crew for allowing me okay. to write on their site. Just a lot to be thankful for. And, and I'm very happy and, and very blessed.
0: Well, And I guess I'm thinking about those things because it is the holiday season. So you start thinking about people that you uh, know and people and, and what you can do for those people and everything. And, and another reason why is because we are in week 13, JB. Week 13. Crazy. That, Crazy. That's, you know, that, that, that for fantasy purposes, we're just about done. You know what I mean? I mean? That's that's true. We're just about done for fantasy purposes. I'm sure there's going to be contests all along the way and stuff. So I will continue on here. But uh, I just mean it's it's almost finished, and people are making a big push right now to try and make their fantasy playoffs, or like in the Hunger Bowl, <laughs> p- 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 playoffs. Yeah, the playoffs. Playoffs? Uh, We play to win the game. Uh, What what we're doing, though, even in the Hunger Bowl, like me, for example, I think I've only won two games in the Hunger Bowl. I was not prepared for a deep bench like that, and... (laughs) All yep. the great pe- uh, participants we had, there so, many, so many great minds in that in that little Hunger Bowl room that we have, and the bench just got so thinned out. The waiver wire got so thinned out and everything, so I wasn't prepared for that by no means whatsoever, and I, I have two victories, but this week, I'm going against my DFS Dreamer uh, a contestant, or I guess a participant, the co-host, the DFS Dreamer co-host in Pee Wee to try and knock him down a notch or two because there's so many people fighting for that playoff shot. And my team is getting woke up a little bit, JB, just just a little bit right now.
1: Good. Good. Because I need you to beat him because there's a whole group of us that are tied right now. I was in first place in this league for so long. Then I lost Eckler and things just went downhill. And I I don't know what happened. I went from like six and one to six and six. (laughs) So... There's one, two, three, four, five of us tied at six and six, and a team ahead of us in third place at seven and five. So there's a lot that could happen this week. It's a big week for us. So. I need you to beat Pee Wee. <laughs> I,
0: I don't know if it's possible. I was looking at the rosters. I will set the rosters. And I've done that just about every week, best I can. Uh, Sunday morning's always busy for me, go to church and do stuff like that. And it's hard for me to always catch those last minute things. I do my best that I can, but usually I set those things on Saturday night and that's the closest I can come to doing it. Because it's, it's just chaos after that. But, uh, you know, I was looking at it and I've only scored like 1,544 points. And, but the points that have been forced against me are like, 1938, and that is the second highest in the league, which could say, you know, hey man, you're just getting kind of unlucky. Everybody's scoring their highest points. Or that means that I gave everybody the best players and I didn't draft the good ones myself, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and two of our friends, Kangas and Hope,
1: two of the FA Nation people right on top of that. So give them credit for, for pulling out their nine and three records and clinching that playoff berth. And real quick, I just want to give a a happy birthday shout out to my boy, Mike Trump. He's a a listener of our show every week. It's his birthday today, so I wanted to wish him a happy birthday because I know he'll be hearing this tomorrow.
0: can we happy birthday to mike (laughs) hey i will give credit to to miss hope for being up there in second place and really you know we can't give any any kind of credit to Kangsman at all i mean we just don't want to do that right That (laughs) we know how
1: that takes off oh
0: boy oh boy i tell you that guy he's just straight fire i mean just straight fire that guy is he's fun to follow though on twitter i don't know what his twitter handle is and i it'd probably be better for you if i didn't give it out anyways
1: <laughs> yeah because then he'll tag you in a post whenever he beats you at <laughs> <in anything. laughs> and he'll
0: jiff you like crazy you know it just get you it just get you but congratulations to miss anyway.
1: at kangus wow. man underscore fs if you want to see his shenanigans <laughs> yeah, you know, he,
0: he is a fun guy to to uh, get to know on Twitter. We appreciated him so much. And all those people in the Hunger Bowl draft room and everything, that was a great draft room. And I, it feels like we're going to keep that one going almost every year. It feels like we're not going to try to lose that draft room. Uh, just That's just what it felt like to me this year. I, don't, I could be wrong. Yeah. All right. All right, so check it out, JB. We are in week thirteen. We got to fly through these games. We've chewed up way more time than I thought we would in these introductions, but we got a little sentimental there. That's okay to do. Uh, but we have a full slate of games, I believe, just about it, it, than, than anything else. It feels like we got a lot of them anyway. Maybe it'd be, it be it's because they're the games have just jumbled up on each other, right? We're I was I was telling uh, the people in the baby bowl this. I don't know if you were young enough or old enough to remember when there wasn't Sunday night football. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Do you remember when there wasn't Thursday night football? Of course. Okay. That, I that's fairly new, no? Yeah, it is fairly new. And I I remember both of those things. And then I remember, too, you know, I used to watch Monday night football all the time. And, you know, we had the Sunday afternoon games. And then, of course, now we get the Saturday playoff games, which I've always liked the Saturday playoff games a lot, uh, because that usually signifies that, you know, the season is coming to an end and so forth and just really excitement things. But now in my lifetime, I've been able to watch football on Tuesday. I've been able to watch football on Wednesday afternoon, which I never thought I'd be able to do. So I'm still missing the Friday for the bingo card to be able to fill out the bingo card. I'm missing a Friday, and I don't know that we would ever be able to get it at any other time other than this year. So I'm kind of rooting for a Friday NFL game at some point this season. That would just make the clean sweep of all the days of the week.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's just been so weird, man. And now they've. I mean, now this week we have two Monday night games, we have a Tuesday night game, (laughs) and it's just such a weird year. Like, I feel like I've been so thrown off this week because we just finished week 12 yesterday. I know. (laughs)
0: I know. Uh, but week 13 starts up in our first game on our docket for you and I are the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Miami Dolphins. So let me get you warmed up a little bit here and get your mind into football mode and to week 13 mode. Let me just ask you this w- simple warm-up question, an easy one. Are you attracted to any Cincinnati Bengal this week?
1: Tyler Boyd. Um, And it was funny because last week everybody was on Boyd and I was on Higgins. And I think that I wasn't surprised he was the guy because everyone was thinking that Brandon Allen would like Boyd because, oh, backup quarterback, he'll use the slot guy. But Allen likes outside receivers. In his three starts for Denver last year, it was Cortland Sutton who had the big games. He had two 16-point games, and then they played Buffalo at Buffalo, and they only scored three points. So we'll, we'll count that one off. But the two other games that Allen started, it was Sutton on the outside. And that's the role that Higgins played last week. And he only had five catches, but he caught the touchdown. You could see he was the focal point. But this week, he's going to get a tough matchup against Xavier Howard, who's been playing lights out. It's Boyd who gets Nick Needham in the slot, who has the big matchup. Kevin Tompkins was saying it last night. If there's anyone you're playing on this offense, it's Boyd, and that's it.
0: Okay. All right. That's it. Sample had five targets last week, I believe, but we're still not going to be going looking for him for a tight end, even though tight end seems to be a scarce position this uh, end of the year. Yeah, but with only two teams on by, you could probably find
1: better and, you know. Okay. The sample that you got out of him is, is didn't taste that great.
0: Okay. Let me ask you this when I switch over to Miami. Would you rather play for defense purposes, the Miami Dolphins versus the Cincinnati Bengals, the Chiefs at the Broncos, or I, I don't know if they're at the Broncos or not, to be honest with you, I just kind of made that up, uh, but Kansas City's playing Denver or Green Bay at home against Philadelphia. Which defense would you rather have out of those three?
1: I think I'm going to roll with Green Bay a lot this week, and they're probably going to be my DFS defense. Um, Phillies had trouble on the offensive line, and Carson Wentz has been turnover prone, so I think I would lean Green Bay.
0: Okay. All right. As far as the Miami Dolphins go, I think for fantasy purposes, we would all agree that we would rather have Fitzpatrick under center than Tua Tongavalua, as some people say, but down here in the South, those of us who know Tua, we say Togavalua, Okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, for fantasy purposes, we definitely would rather Fitz be out there. You know, he's a gunslinger. He's going to get the guys involved. If you're a, if somebody who's starting Parker or Gesicki, you definitely want—you'd rather Fitzpatrick on the center. From a football-watching perspective and from a organizational perspective, you want Tua under there because they made the decision out of the bye that they were going to go to Tua. Now with them keep floundering and when they took him out of the game saying Fitz gave him the best chance to win in the fourth quarter, like, now you're just messing with this kid. You have you drafted this rookie to be the face of your franchise and to be your future franchise quarterback, and now you're messing with his psyche. So I don't know what, I think, I, I have said it before, I think I like Brian Flores and he's been a pretty good coach, but he's really mishandled this quarterback situation
0: yeah maybe so I, I think that uh they're doing a good job there so maybe we're not able to see everything from the outside in but yeah if as far as a wide receiver goes this week are you attracted to a Devonte parker if uh fitzpatrick is there i suppose you're not really attracted to any of them if two is under the center
1: yeah if two is under center i'm gonna kind of back off if fitz is out there i'll play parker and, and Gesicki.
0: Okay, Parker and Gasicki. All right. What about the backfield for the Miami Dolphins? Uh, I know Ahmed is is getting, he's trending in the right direction, but aren't they going to remove Gaskins off the IR? And if so, are you willing to gamble on Gaskins, who's had a good year this year? Um, Against Cincy,
1: I want to. That's the thing. Like, I wish they had a bad matchup this week because mm-hmm. Gaskin is trending towards coming back. So. I was reading something today that said he's moving closer to a return, so I think Pro Football Talk put that out, so I think he may return this week, and I wish that they had a tougher matchup so I could bench him. If he does play in this juicy matchup, you might have to flex him.
0: Right, you know, that's the one thing I think about, and I guess I would want to start, if both of them are healthy but only one of them is declared to be playing, I'd want to start any running back not named Breida. Anyway, as, as far in the backfield of Miami is what I would want to do. So that that's the uh, uh, thing I'm looking forward to do in Miami. Hey, we got Cleveland and Tennessee. A battle of the RBs, JB. These guys, man, this is going to be a good one of those old running back kind of style games, which I'm really looking forward to with Nick Chubb. And I guess King Henry is what everybody wants to call him. I personally want to call him Vulture Henry. Because he's vulturing all the touchdowns that John U. Smith gets at the goal line, JB, and that's just not really fair, in my opinion.
1: Get out of here with that. Right now, I'm hitting you with my favorite gif, which is the guy waving his hand with the FOH underneath it. That's what I'm hitting you with right now over the air. So I don't want to talk John U. Smith getting vultured by King Henry. This is King Henry's team. King Henry's season, you know, as soon as the weather turns, that's when he kicks it up a notch. And now we're in December, which is where he goes off. He's got this matchup. This is probably his toughest matchup. And then he's got three cake matchups after this. So anybody who's rolling with King Henry that, that you know, has them in it as, you know, think about it. If you had like the five or six pick, you were mad that you didn't get one of those top backs. And then you ended up with Henry. And now he's going to smash for you in the fantasy playoffs. I I love him this week, and I love him for every week going forward for the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, he's probably jumped into the top five of next year's drafts, I'd imagine. You know, you just think about the running back situation and everything that it is and how desperate people are for running backs, and I think Derrick Henry not being injured, uh, just being able to have all those touches and not letting people down week after week, he's got to have moved into the top five for next year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He'd probably be at that four or five spot next year for me, I would say.
0: Uh, you know who concerns me now? And of course, we're starting Chubb. We're starting Henry. But Kareem Hunt, who I really thought wasn't going to take a big hit after Nick Chubb came back, man, his his carries are down. His snap percentage is down. But the thing that concerns me the most are his receptions are down. And maybe the game script hasn't been really friendly to him. But Nick Chubb has called a couple of passes where, where Hunt hasn't. And I'm really thinking about sitting Hunt in every place I have him this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's tough to trust them. And and you also got to keep in mind the three games before last week with those poor weather games, wind and rain and whatnot. So they really didn't throw the ball a lot at all. But yeah, I mean, it's Chubb that's the lead back and Hunt that's the 1B. So, you know, I think he's going to be more valuable than a change of pace back that you see in other places. But he's not going to be a a lock
0: and load play. He's more of a flex than an RB2 at this point. We said last week, if Jarvis Landry doesn't do it, then you can drop him, right? Because there was all the talk about being able to drop uh, Landry if he wasn't producing or anything like that, and people were wondering what to do. Well, guess what, JB? He, he did, did it, it last week. <laughs> yeah, he did it last week. Uh, I think the team will have to run to win this week. So I'm just curious, are you attracted to Jarvis Landry? I guess at this point, we're not sitting him, right?
1: Yeah, I think Tennessee's secondary can be beat, so especially out of the slot, So I think that I would start him. Desmond King is definitely a beatable slot cornerback. So I would play him this week as, you know, a a low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three.
0: In that tight end perspective of everything, I know your feelings on John New Smith. You don't like to start him unless you just absolutely have to. And what about you think about Hooper, though, for Cleveland? Last week, he only saw two targets. But man, he's one of those nice names that you want to put in your lineup.
1: Yeah, you know what? I wanted to really get behind Hooper once they lost Odell because I figured that the volume would be there for him. But it just hasn't been, Wes. So I'm a little nervous with starting him because he's not getting the volume you expected. You know, you looked at him as, okay, now he's going to be the second in targets on this team or the second focus in the passing attack. But it's already a low volume passing attack. Uh, landry's gonna catch his, the bulk of the passes hunt's gonna get his chubb's gonna get a couple now and those outside receivers are gonna grab a few so i mean hooper falls into that regular tight end category where you're getting three for 32 and you hope for a touchdown
0: And what about aj brown and Corey davis for the tennessee titans is that good matchups for them this week both of them have been able to produce week in and week out for you from a fantasy perspective
1: yeah, I love them both this week, and I didn't realize how explosive A.J. Brown is. I mean, I oh, yeah. I never watched him enough to see exactly how explosive he is. He's one of those guys that, you know, he, he gets a ball in space, forget about it. He could go. He could go on any given play. So he's become a must-start, you know, low-end wide receiver one at this point. And I think Corey Davis is a lock-and-load wide receiver, too, and and it's— yep. it, it, so weird that I'm saying this December 3rd, 2020, that Corey Davis is a lock and load wide receiver too. But did you realize that in every week that he's played except for one, he's scored double-digit PPR points?
0: Yep. That's uh, what you want.
1: That's Mm -hmm. exactly what you want. So I'm putting him in my lineup, and he's probably going to be in most of my DFS lineups this week too at a good price tag.
0: I can't say that I blame you. I think AJ, I think Brown has been watching Derrick Henry's stiff arm too, by the way, and just trying to emulate that whenever he's <laughs> on the field. That dude's a big dude, man. Hey, let's move on to our Detroit Lions versus the Chicago Bear game. at Detroit Lions, of course, they are under a new regime. Mike Patricia got fired last week, but that hasn't changed Galladay's status. He's still gonna be sitting on the sidelines. But but Mr. Swift has been activated off of, I guess, the concussion protocol But uh, I think Adrian Peterson said the kid just hasn't looked right ever since he got a concussion. I didn't hear that. Did he really say that? Uh, yes, <laughs> yeah, I know. Or did I'm, he just I, want to start? <laughs> <laughs> I saw, I saw a report where it says Peterson said he just doesn't look the same, and uh, so I, I imagine that was uh, Adrian Peterson saying something like that, or maybe Adrian Peterson is trying to sabotage the room so that he could play because without Akeem Hicks on that Bears uh, defensive front, it really seems like anybody can run against them, just like uh, Aaron Jones did last week.
1: Yeah, and if if Swift does play, which it looks like he's trending to play, I, I'm definitely going to be starting him. I think that he, he's he got a great spot against this Bears defense. You have to run on this Bears defense. Their secondary is pretty good, especially with, with Galladay dealing with that hip and missing practice again today. It doesn't look like he's going to play. So I don't think they're gonna have much success in the passing attack. You're gonna start Hawkinson. You might start Marvin Jones, but that's about it. I mean, I I don't really trust Stafford in this matchup. So I would want Swift to be the guy that I start on that team.
0: Okay, I, I me too. I think that that really narrows that team down a lot. As far as Chicago goes, Mitch looked okay. Wait, uh, okay. I, I
1: th- Before we go to Chicago, can I just give a quick shout-out to my man, Muhammad Sanu, for a touchdown last week. (laughs) Yeah!
0: (laughs) You have been on that Sanu train, and and you're well-deserved, my friend. I'm glad your flag is finally flying a little bit higher nowadays. (laughs) Hey, Mitch Trubisky looks okay as Bears quarterback from a fantasy perspective. I think from a Bears fan perspective, I'd even rather have Mitch Trubisky back there just 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 because it's more fun to watch. I guess I don't know. I I, get, I can get more upset at the the screen if I want to. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I just like Mitch being under center.
1: He's a better quarterback. I've been saying that since they took him out. I didn't re- I didn't know why they were winning games. They were on top of the division and they decided to change quarterbacks just because you know, Falls was the more popular name or, or I don't know why you guys as Chicago fans just love to hate Mitch. And granted, he hasn't been great, but I think it's more that, you know, you just think of Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes when you see Mitch Trubisky. So I think he's the better quarterback for this team. I think he's the better quarterback for this offense. You saw he was the better quarterback for Allen Robinson last week. And I think he's going to be the better quarterback for Darnell Mooney too. I think Mooney becomes viable again, because you saw, and we've talked about, Mooney runs nice routes, and Nick Foles just threw the ball nowhere near him. The Detroit secondary is certainly exploitable. Jeff Okuda is is banged up also, so I I think this passing attack Mitch is a sneaky, sneaky streamer quarterback this week. Then you got Allen Robinson and Mooney on both sides. And Cole Komet is starting to play a role. And, and it sucks for us who, who really like Jimmy Graham and we're happy that he was doing what he was doing early. But Cole Komet's playing a bigger role in the offense now, I noticed last week.
0: Well not only that, that, and I agree with you. I think Mooney is just one shot away. I don't know that the Bears can get him that shot and either one of the Bears quarterbacks could get him that shot whenever he runs about fifteen yards down the field, but if they could just if they could get it in the vicinity of his hands, that'd be really helpful for him to be able to have that one big shot. He would put up a huge stat line and finally pay off for all those mooney believers that are out there uh, and, and i I don't remember what kind of question you threw at me because I went off on of my Mooney tangent. But let me say this about David Montgomery. He played like David Montgomery last week, looked a little bit rested. It was against the Green Bay Packers, who everybody can make look a little bit rested. So I've been, I am taking that with a little bit of gr- a grain of salt. But he does have, you know, Montgomery's that guy with the low floor and not a very high ceiling, or with a higher floor and not a very high ceiling at all. So I, I just think that he's always one of those good plug-and-play running backs. Not quite an RB2, but not, I don't want to say an RB3 either.
1: Yeah, with this matchup, I would give him a, a middle-to-high-end RB2 rating this week. I think he's he's going to be in that you know RB14-15 range this week in this matchup, where I think they'll be playing from ahead. I think the Bears will have a good game, and, and I think Montgomery, he gets the volume. There's nobody else to challenge him for the volume. So,
0: Do you see their right tackle? Bears never play from ahead. Do you Which see their one? right tackle? No, I don't have that pulled up. I, you'd have to, you'd have to tell me what it is. What is the right tackle? So the right tackle's name is Rashad Coward.
1: Coward. C o w a r d. That's. But you that's can't bully good. him because it's not like you could call him a coward because he's six five three twenty.
0: No, you better not do that. Not to his face anyway. (laughs) Speaking about bullying, I don't know if you caught this or not, but Nagy, of course, you know, he's been, I've been saying that they, that he was going to get fired. I really thought it was going to be last week because the bears did kind of lay down and the defense didn't put up any effort. And I was going to see there, I I told everybody what these bears were going to do. And then Nagy came out last week after the game and just lit into him lit into the Bears, said they had no heart, they didn't play with any kind of soul, no passion, that they really had to look at themselves in the mirror, that kind of speech, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, I am really curious as to what happened. And by the way, did you see the injury report today for the Chicago Bears? No. Mac Mac hasn't practiced the last two days. So I I think I might be getting my answer right there. You know there what I mean? Like, yep. So I'm curious to see what happens, because if they lose to the Detroit Lions... I'm sorry. I'm giggling now. That'd I just, get rough. Uh, yeah, I, I can't wait for the drama. All right. Indianapolis versus the Houston Texans, JB. Indianapolis is banged up. The O-line's banged up. The D-line's banged up. Rivers is banged up. I don't know what to think about the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, but the good news is Taylor is back off of COVID. Uh, would you rather play in this game? Because it is against Houston, and Houston's got some good offense, and they're going to put up numbers. Would you you think this is a Taylor game, or do you think this is a Naheem Hines game?
1: Probably a Taylor game, because I think that they realize and I hope that they realize, because the two games that they gave him the volume, and he had over 20 touches, he has had good games. He's a volume running back. He thrives when when he gets into a rhythm, and he's getting the carries, and he's getting the work, and he's gotten over 100 yards the two times that they've given it to him. So now that he's back in a game that they should be able to run the ball against Houston, Houston's very weak against the run. I mean, Houston's secondary is terrible, too, and now they don't have their best cornerback because he and, uh, he and uh, Will Fuller decided to break the rules and now yes. are both suspended for the rest of the year. So I want to play the passing game. I want to play Michael Pittman, Jr., because you know I love to target Vernon Hargraves, who now is their best cornerback, which is so laughable. So I want to target the passing game. I want to play Rivers. I want to play Pittman. I might even want to play Ty. But I think Jonathan Taylor gets the workload in the backfield. So I, this could be a good team to stack this week.
0: It might be uh, really and and even Mo Cox or any of the tight ends have got a good matchup. I just don't know which one to play. I don't know which one is the guy. I I, I don't know. And that I wish I wish they only had one tight end.
1: Yeah, me too. Me too. We talked about <laughs> Trey Burton a little bit yesterday on the Fighting Chance Pod, and and Kev loves him because of his usage. But he only caught two and three balls the last two weeks, and yeah, he caught a touchdown each of the last two games. But it was on two balls and on three balls. He's thrown a touchdown. He's run for a touchdown. So they find ways to get him in the end zone. But if they're at the ten yard line and throwing a fade, it's going to be Mo Alley Cox who's boxing out a, a, a cornerback to, to score that touchdown. So
0: he's a, I, I don't he's know. a big a man. Lot. He is He's a big man. Uh, hey, so who are you attracted to for Indianapolis? Who would you want to slap into your lineups? You can't sit any of those guys that you mentioned, I suppose. To me, Naheem Hines is really going to be game dependent or script dependent, game script dependent. And if it's going to be a passing game, I think you can go and lean on Hines a little bit more. Maybe, maybe. But they started using Taylor in the passing game you know, that last time that he was out there on the field. So I think it's kind of a wait and see thing on Hines. And to, to me, Hines, Hines might be one of those droppable candidates if he is on your roster. If there's that other guy out there you know that maybe might be able to set you apart from all the other fantasy playoff uh, people like that, you know, just a running back out there that ends up happening to, to be needed to be picked up
1: yeah I might want to hold on to him just if if nothing else to keep him off of a competitor's roster you know yeah. just in case there is that game script that's positive for the passing game and he gets more involved or if Taylor gets hurt and they get him more involved again so I might want to hold on to him just if anything to keep him off somebody else's roster, but I'm gonna repel from him this week in my starting lineup.
0: Yeah, and you know, I'm just talking about like if you need a win and you need Devontae Booker this week and Josh Jacobs doesn't play. Man, if you need a win, there's no reason to hold on to Naheem Hines anymore because he may he will he'll get those big breakout games once or twice or three times a year, but the rest of the time he's just He's he disappoints you every time you put him in his in the lineup. So uh, that's what I'm talking about with Naheem mm-hmm. Hines. He's that kind of guy to me for Houston. Like you said, Fuller is no longer on that team, he's been suspended. He may not long uh, play another snap for the Texans. Do you think Cooks can take over this number one role, or do you think might be somebody else that uh that uh who Deshaun Watson looks towards?
1: I mean, Cooks is going to be the primary, but I don't know that he can be the only weapon in a passing game so right. I look for it to be Jordan Aiken season and I posted that yesterday on my Twitter I, this guy is 64 240 and he's super athletic he's not just your regular tight end that's gonna run you know a five yard in route you know he could he could be a weapon down the field he's athletic he's quick for a big guy he can get downfield and make plays so I think Watson's gonna look to him in all different areas of the field, and he's going to be an asset in the passing game. Look, you got Kiti, Kiki Kiki Q T playing slot. Say that five Kiki. times fast. Yeah. Kiki Q no, T. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and then you got Isaiah Coulter, the pride of Rhode Island, the fifth round draft pick that they're going to put out there and see what they got in him. But that's it. They cut Kenny Stills. You know they they just put Randall Cobb on the IR last week, so they got nothing else. It's going to be Cooks, Coulter, and Cootie. Ooh, Cooks, Coulter, and Cootie—the triple C's on the outside. But I think it's going to be Jordan Aikens that benefits the most in this passing game.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't mind taking. Just keep my eye on Darren Fells as well. You know, Darren Fells is always one of those guys that seems to have uh, caught. Deshaun Watson's eyes along the way, and so he just kind of seems like that that guy who I think will end up falling in the end zone. I'm not going to play him. It's just one of those things that I want to keep my eye, eye on this week, and Jordan Akins definitely could possibly be that guy for um, moving into that next tier. All right, JB, I got to ask you some questions. All right, you ready? This sure. is the game I want to play with you. Would you rather, would you rather, at quarterback, start Fitz or Deshaun Watson this week? Deshaun Watson. By a lot. Would you rather start Deshaun Watson or Mitchell Trubisky this week? Deshaun Watson. What about Deshaun Watson or uh, Baker Bayfield? Watson. Alright, last one. Uh, Deshaun Watson or Phil, as you said, who has that good matchup against the Houston Philip Rivers?
1: Yes, this is still going to be Watson.
0: Okay, Watson all the way. What about uh, t- Taylor or would you rather stop, start Montgomery?
1: Ooh, um in this matchup probably montgomery montgomery or swift
0: swift swift huh okay all right that I, I take that personally swift or what are the miami dolphins running backs if they happen to whichever one plays swift swift or nick chubb nick chubb chubb or henry henry Okay, that's easy. That was an easy one. <laughs> Davis, would you rather start Davis or one of the Indianapolis Colt wide receivers?
1: Ooh, see, Davis and and Pittman are the two guys that I put were the first two guys that I put in my DFS lineup. Those are two okay. guys I'm really
0: high on. That's this the price, week. that's the price though. That's the price. Um, I guess Pittman. Okay, and and what I did here, i I got four games that we just went over. And that's all I can fit on my sheet of paper, so that's why I'm just asking you between these people, okay? So you said the Pittman. Uh, Pit no, I'm not done. Pittman or Landry? Pittman. Pittman or Cooks. Hmm. Pittman because of the matchup. <laughs> okay. I don't know about that one. Pittman or AJ Brown? AJ Brown. Brown or A Rob? A Rob. Okay, all right, that's easy. I'm not going to ask you the tight ends because I don't, I don't. Aikins, it's Aikins, Aikins, all the way. Aikins, yeah, Aikins, 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 all the way. <laughs> all right,
1: all right. Hey, we got I that. Game. We, I,
0: I, well, we're, I got it at each at the bottom of each page, JB, nice. and they get better. They get better. Nice. Uh, Jags versus Minnesota. We had that's our next game. Jags, of course, Mike Glennon did not pass a play too terrible last week. 235 total yards, two touchdowns, but the key thing is zero interceptions. And I got to ask you a personal question. Did you ever hear of a guy named Colin Johnson before last week?
1: Yes, but I wasn't on him. I thought it would be a Keelan Cole game. But this goes to what you always talk about, Wes, and I'm mad that you didn't bring it up, that it's a backup quarterback with the second-team wide receiver. And that's what happened yesterday. That's what you saw. Backup quarterback, second-team wide receiver, and they they had the connection. This is, this is the, the Wes Easley angle, and we missed it.
0: Well, it's because it never came true before last week, I don't think, so I I quit saying it, so... (laughs) <laughs> I probably did come true. And I just, we just, I just forget those things. You know, I forget those things, but I, I did think about it several times. I wasn't feeling very good last week. I was very, I don't know. I, very tired. It was, it was Thanksgiving last week, believe it or not. Last week was Thanksgiving, JB. seems like Thanksgiving was last month, which actually it was, but you know what I mean? It just seemed like a long time ago, but uh, yes, Colin Johnson proved himself last week. And I don't think that's going to go away. I don't think that goes away unless of course they get their wide receivers back healthy.
1: Right. And they decided to stick with Glennon, even though the mustachio Minshew is healthy. They decided they were still going to stick with Glennon. So I don't think they're trying to win, to be honest with you. Um, And I think they've just kind of given up on this season. They're like, whatever, let Glennon go out there and see if he could do it again. I think the only guy that I could start in this offense is James Robinson. And I think he's going to be a you know top five, top seven running back this week in this matchup against Minnesota.
0: I, I I do like this for a little DFS stack, but you know I like to play the bottom bottom of the barrel kind of people <laughs> on the DFS stacks anyway. But I do like this one with a Glennon and a Colin Johnson. Of course, it depends on who's all healthy with the wide receiver position. We're recording this on Thursday night, so there's a lot of things changing between now and then. Everybody's been mentioning Tyler Eifert, and Tyler Eifert to me looks like Jonu Smith numbers. You know, just they, last week Eifert had three for 16 yards and one touchdown. All right, don't don't count on Eifert to be the guy to bring it home. You don't want that that guy to be bringing home your fantasy championship bacon, so to speak. (laughs) Uh, In Minnesota, uh, Kirk Cousins had a really good week last week. Do you expect him to do that again this week against the Jaguars, or is this one of those weeks where they're just going to run, 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 run? No,
1: the Jaguars are, are awful against the pass, too, so they're going to throw the ball, and and honestly, Delvin Cook's a little back, banged up, so I, I wouldn't pay up for him in DFS this week. Obviously, you're starting him in your season-longs, but I mm-hmm. think this could be one of those games where cousins throws a couple of touchdowns early cook runs for one they get out to a big lead and then you're looking at the second half and you're seeing a lot more Alexander Madison because they're figuring ah, we're up by a lot Dalvin's a little banged up let's let him rest a little bit in this cupcake matchup so I I am liking cousins I love the two wide receivers obviously Thielen and Jefferson are both you know top top tier wide receivers um I do like. I mean, it's December, so you got to like Rudolph a little bit, especially with Herb sure. Smith. I don't think he's going to play. So Rudolph yeah. played a good role last week, and a lot of that had to do with Dylan being out, also. But I do think Rudolph is a viable streaming tight end this week.
0: I don't agree with you on how this game's going to play. Uh, I, I think the Minnesota Vikings have played down to their opponents a couple of different times, and and what we have in our mind is how how they pummeled. The Chicago Bears. But outside of that, man, it's really been, they've been a scrappy team, I feel like. And I think that they're going to have to scrap their way to a victory against this Jaguars team. And yes, I don't think that the Jaguars really want to win, but I, everybody likes to score. You know, everybody likes to score points. And this one, I'm not going to say it's going to become a shootout, but I could see this one needing to be, uh, they're going to have to lean on Dalvin Cook pretty good to be able to win this game, I believe, uh, just to let the the clock grind out. But I do like what you said about Kirk Cousins finding those wide receivers a couple of different times for touchdowns. All right, the Raiders against the Jets. Boy, the Raiders were just terrible. That was a complete car wreck last week, I believe. Wasn't it, J.P.? I see what you did there. (laughs) Thank you. you. But they had a real big stinker against Atlanta. Uh, Do you think that they'll be able to bounce back this week?
1: Yeah, they got to bounce back this week. I mean, they're such a Jekyll and Hyde team. You watch them two weeks ago, and they they took Kansas City to the edge and, and almost beat them for the second time this season. And then they came out and completely laid an egg in Atlanta last week. So it's kind of a Jekyll and Hyde team. But What a perfect get right spot against the Jets this week. So I think that they do get back in track. You know, the Jets obviously are another team that's not trying to win. So I think that they definitely get back on track. Jacobs is a little banged up. You mentioned that earlier. I don't know if he's going to play or not, Um, but the passing game, I think Carr wants to get the passing game going. I think he wants to get that car revved up again. Gruden wants to get the car revved up again. So I think they're going to throw it a lot. I think, uh, Aguilar is going to be able to take a, take advantage of a porous secondary, and you know I'm not an Aguilar guy. I made Aguilar one of my sexy flexies this week, Wes, so that's oh, how I feel cool. about this passing attack this week.
0: I don't think that it's really an optimal place for them to get back on track, JB. It's going to be the second week in a row that they've been on the road. Uh, where they're they're going to be outside this time in New York, so I'm concerned about the weather. Also, it's an early game for them. I don't think that this is the greatest bounce back week that the Raiders would hope for. Now, I will say this. They're probably upset. Gruden probably has been riding them all week long, so I think that they're going to come out a little bit fired up. But the Jets, I've always been, I've I've said this for the last couple of weeks, it's just a team that doesn't like to die. They don't like to give up. They still go out there and they play pretty hard. Well, everybody except Crowder, okay, because Crowder, Crowder just mm-hmm. hasn't been able to find uh, any kind of uh, semblance out there on the field at all with whatever quarterback that he has. It doesn't matter who it is. So I'm going to encourage everybody this week. I'm repelled against Jamison Crowder, which may mean that he gets those 10 to 12 targets to try and get right this week.
1: Yeah, and he only had five last week, and the two outside receivers, Perriman and Mims, each had eight. So he was the least targeted of the receivers, which was a little concerning, because with Donald back, you thought that he would go you know, back to Crowder as he has in the past. I will say this, Wes, that if you look at the Jets' remaining schedule, they have the Seahawks, Rams, Browns, and Patriots after this game. If they're going to win a game, it
0: might be this one. That And they may have it circled. You mentioned Perriman and Mims. Boy, they look the part, don't they? They look like wide receivers to me, if you ask me. And both of them have got that boom potential. And maybe that's all they're trying to do right now at this point for the New York Jets is just get that boom potential. Well, except for Frank Gore. Uh, And Frank Gore, though, he's a viable starter now in our fantasy leagues, is he not?
1: Yeah, and that was a perfect segue because you talk about the boom and then you mention Frank Gore, and that's exactly what he is now. He's a bowling ball that just booms through the middle. (laughs) And the Raiders aren't terrible against the run, but they give up a lot of rushing touchdowns. So if you get big plays to Perriman and Mims down the field and they don't get into the end zone, Frank Gore could certainly boom into the end zone for a touchdown or two this week. I think Frank Gore is a good flex play this week. Kev was calling him like a top 10 or a top 12 play this week. I wouldn't go that high, but I think he's definitely flex worthy this week. It's crazy that we have a winless Jets team and we're talking about all these weapons
0: that they have that are playable for fantasy, right? And maybe it's coaching. Maybe it comes down to coaching. Maybe coaching is the reason that they're not able to win it because when we look at their team, we're like – you know, the team has just got a little bit of talent around the edges here. If they could just put it together, and maybe they're just not putting it together. Right? That's just that's what yeah. it is. Saints versus the Falcons, JB. The second time that they played in two weeks, the first time, of course, was the first game Taysom Hill ended up playing under center, and they won that game. The Saints won that game 24-9 to that first time. Now, here's what we've learned since Taysom Hill has taken over as quarterback, Alan Kamara has not been playing running back very well. (laughs) Is he a playable option this week? I know it's hard to sit Kamara, but at the same time, there are people out there fighting for their playoff lives, and they cannot take another Kamara play again this week where he only puts up 10 fantasy points or 6 fantasy points. He has had one catch over the last two weeks for negative two yards, J.B., this is not somebody that you want to necessarily put in your fantasy lineup, or do you just have to? Are you stuck?
1: I think you have to. I think you have to be stuck. You spent your first-round draft pick on him. He he was a top pick, and I, I just think that the style of offense that they're running under Taysom Hill doesn't correlate to Kamara's skills. In fact, if you think about it, if They're running an an option type of offense, right? And and Taysom Hill is a running quarterback, running to the edges. It's a between-the-tackles running back that complements that style of play, which is what Latavius Murray is, which is why you're seeing that split backfield and why you're seeing Murray have success. Because if you're worried about Hill going to the outside and the linebackers are playing out wide, waiting for Hill to run to the outside, and he hands it off to Murray... Murray has one less person to beat up the middle. So I'm afraid, but I think you have to start Kamara. And I wouldn't tell you not to start either of those running backs, to be honest (laughs) with you. I mean, I think both of them are playable. Murray is definitely a flex option. and, And Kamara, I don't think you can call him an RB1 anymore, but you can't not call him an RB2.
0: No, and, and I think when it gets down to the goal line area, you know, inside the five, that they are going to put Kamara in there because they, they do want to keep him happy, and touchdowns keep people happy, okay? And we've been saying that all year, that Murray was the running back, and Kamara was the other back, you know, the the explosive back, the outside edge back, and that just happens to fall into Murray's play. You're kind of stuck with Thomas, too, at this point, aren't you? you got to play Thomas as well, uh, not but not exactly expecting great big things out of him and Taysom Hill.
1: I actually think in this matchup this week, look, Taysom Hill only threw for like 78 yards last week, but... We can't really consider last week a football game. It was more like an Army Navy game when you think about it. You had Taysom Hill, who's like a running back, running the offense on one side. And then for Denver, you had a practice squad wide receiver running the offense. So it was really like an Army Navy game. It wasn't really a football game. I think Hill's going to throw a little bit more this week. And Thomas runs those short intermediate routes, has a good matchup against the weak Atlanta secondary. So I actually think Thomas has an RB1, a uh, wide receiver one week this week.
0: Okay. All right. Well, I believe you on that. As far as the Atlanta Falcons go, are you attracted to Ryan this week, or do you expect a similar outcome where I think he threw two interceptions against the Saints last time?
1: Yeah, I think he's going to be a middle-of-the-road, you know, maybe a low-end quarterback one this week. I mean, it depends on if Julio is going to be out there. And even if Julio is out there, will he re-injure himself and come out of the game? So if you're only relying on Ridley and Hurst and you have this matchup against the Saints defense, which is playing pretty well and has a really good pass rush, I don't trust him that much, but I'm not going to go crazy and, and you know start guys that like Mike Glennon over him. You know what I mean?
0: No, I don't, because I, I'm thinking about starting Mike Glennon over, over <laughs> right? Just, I am. I am. I, Glennon had 20 fantasy points last week, just about, and I, I could see that happening again against that Minnesota defense that just struggles in the secondary, to be honest with you. And yes, we're starting Calvin Ridley. Yes, we're keeping our eye on Julio Jones. As far as the running backs go, that's got to be a big no against this New Orleans Saints defense, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, completely repelled against that okay. entire backfield. Even if Gurley comes back, there's a chance he can score a touchdown, but that's about it. You're not going to get much out of him. Repelled by Brian Hill. I think our boy Coop said something, uh, posted something yesterday, how Brian Hill, going back to last year, is literally the worst pass-blocking running back in the league, like rated last of last of all the running backs in the league at pass-blocking. So that's why you saw some more Ito Smith last week. They shared carries 50-50. I think it will be Hill that leads the backfield and carries if Gurley doesn't play, but I'm not trusting them and I'm repelled by the backfield.
0: Yeah, I was really happy to see little Edo Smith finally get his run this year. All right, I was really happy about that, but mm. it, that's not going to happen this week. All right, the Rams versus the Arizona Cardinals. The Rams, of course, their backfield always seems like a mess. Are you believing in Akers or no? Yes.
1: Yes, yes I mean,
0: He's had six. uh, One of his carries was 61 yards. So that means on the other eight carries, he gained 23 yards, JB, last week.
1: Yeah, but it looks like they're handing the reins to him. It looks like they're giving him control of the backfield. That's not to say that the other guys won't be involved. I think you'll still see a little bit of Henderson in there. I don't know that you'll see much Malcolm Brown in there, but I think it's going to be a a changing of the guards to Akers. He's going to be the lead back there. And I think that he could have a successful week this week against Arizona.
0: We always say yes to the Woods or Cup question. You know who are you going to start, Woods or Cup? Yes. Yes. Uh, Woods. Woods seems like he has the highest floor out of both of those guys, though. And I'll even say this: Josh Reynolds. Of course, we throw him in there as well, and we would say yes. You got to start Josh Reynolds probably as a wide receiver three or a deep flex person or something like that if you're just kind of desperate in those measures. But uh, to me, Woods has got the highest floor out of all those out of all those wide receivers.
1: Yeah, Woods and Cup are pretty similar, and that's why, you know, if you look at, like, DFS builds, they're always very similar in price as well. You know, they both have uh, a a high floor. You know, they both get plenty of targets, but Woods, I think, would be the primary wide receiver, and that's why he gets a slight edge, whereas some would say in a PPR league or if you're playing DraftKings, which is a full PPR— then maybe Cup is more of that PPR receiver. But I think this week, Wes, I'm sticking with all three of those options in the passing game. I mm-hmm. think this is gonna be a high scoring game. I think they're gonna need to score points. And Arizona's defense is certainly beatable. They've played better. The safeties are really good and, and you know, obviously you got Peterson and Kirkpatrick who are are good cornerbacks. So their defense has been playing better, but I think with this wide receiver core, they are beatable.
0: I got it on my notes here that they should be able to move the ball. So that's what I was looking at after I dissected everything. As far as Arizona goes, Murray is really struggling right now really struggling right now. And so I don't know how hurt that shoulder is. Everybody's saying that that shoulder has got to be a little bit hurt, that he's really babying it, that he slid instead of going after a first down rushing last week when it looked like you know he could actually rush for the first down, but he was really protect- protecting the shoulder. So he went ahead and slid right before the first down was there. Um, I just, you know, Brett Hundley, He's the, one of the backup quarterbacks. So is Chris strevler I, I wrote that down. strevler He's <laughs> one of the backup quarterbacks. If you're in one of those deep leagues like we are in the Hunger Bowl, it may be a good idea if you have the roster spot to pick one of those guys up to put him in this high powered Arizona offense. And JB, I, I, you know, the only person I think I can start in this lineup, and I know we're kind of stuck with Hopkins, but the only person I think I would really feel comfortable right now starting for the Arizona Cardinals is Kenyon Drake. Little Kenyon. Know, you know, I, you know, I like to burn the bridges real fast. So correct me if I'm wrong with all that. No, you're not. And,
1: and I think that on top of I think you're absolutely right in your assessment that they're trying to protect that shoulder. I think they see playoff aspirations and want to make sure he's healthy for it. So they're, they're running him less. And by them running him less, that means they're running Drake more. And ever since Drake has come back from his injury, you've seen him have a couple of good games. He's getting the carries. He's getting the volume. He's he's running pretty hard from what I've seen. So I think he's definitely a startable. And, you know, Drake is almost at that low-end RB1, high-end RB2 area right now for me, especially while they're babying Murray.
0: Yeah, I cut him. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> he's, he's dead to me, JB. He's dead to me. All right. I, hey, here's our little would-you-rather quarterbacks. Would you rather have Glennon or Donald this week? Glennon. Oh wow! Uh, would you rather have Glennon or Carr? Carr. Carr or what? Murray right there. Oh Murray, yeah. Murray. Murray. Murray or Hill. Murray. Uh, Murray or Goff. Murray. Wow! Murray or Cousins.
1: Against Jacksonville, ah, Murray, Murray. I gotta, Murray. I gotta go, Murray.
0: See, I, I put Murray there in the middle because I think that's what all of our hearts will say, and I want to say that too because he's really carried me in one of my leagues. But on, the... <laughs> and when he put up an eight fantasy points last week, I'm like, okay, yep. this isn't, this isn't trending well. I gotta start looking for a quarterback, right? And so I'm looking for a quarterback, and I'm looking, Mike Glennon? No, Wesley, you cannot do that, Wesley. No,
1: no. Wesley. And you know what, I you, you have Murray as a top three quarterback for like the last eight weeks or whatever. And I don't have him in the top three this week, but I can't move him out of like the top, you know, let's call it top seven. And I don't think any of those guys that you just named are going to be above him.
0: Okay. Bold move or you go home. That's in the fantasy playoffs. You either got to play bold or you go home. Uh, that's all I got to say about that. So I'm really thinking about Murray right now. I think I got to, I got to find a roster spot. Naheem Hines might be my guy that I end up cutting and finding a quarterback just to carry me through the fantasy playoffs. I got to look at that a little bit deeper. In a I'd rather of get knocked out
1: with Kyla Murray who got me there than to get too cute and get knocked out because I started Mike Glennon in week 13. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Okay, well, it's fine, JP. You can watch the rest of us from the couch then. Hey, running backs, uh, Gore or Kamara? Oh, I can't believe that th- I, I have to think about that. <laughs> See, I can't that, that believe I have to think about yeah, that. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kamara. Okay. i have given you a second because you're regretting that decision right now. I, I know, tell. because I
1: think that Gore is going to have a good game, and I don't know that Kamara is, but I don't know that I have it in me to say, yes, I'm going to start Frank Gore on December of 2020 over Alvin Kamara. I can't do it.
0: Okay, all right. Uh, but we'll I wouldn't come- be mad if any of our listeners do that. <laughs> no, I, no, and that's it's, it's a great question. It's a great thought. Kamara or Murray? Jesus, Wes. Um, Kamara. All right. Kamara or Drake? Drake. Drake or Jacobs? Yeah, I know. (laughs) Drake or Jacobs? Drake. All right. Uh, And then then Drake or Robinson? Robinson or Cook, because both of those guys were right there, top tier. Well, Robinson and
1: then uh, Robinson. Robinson.
0: Robinson. All right, all right. All right, so be it. Uh then you get to the wide receivers in this little uh four four game slate. I don't know, whatever I am calling it here. Any would you rather play any Jacksonville Jaguar or any raider? Aguilar. Okay. Aguilar. Any uh raider or any jet? Aguilar. Okay. Any raider or any cardinal?
1: DeAndre Hopkins.
0: Okay, and what about any Cardinal or any Ram?
1: DeAndre
0: Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins, okay. Uh, would you rather play? Okay, so the, so DeAndre Hopkins all the way. See, yeah, boy, JB, De- I, I can't trust him. I just can't trust him. I am so quick to cut the cord. I am so quick to cut the All right, Thomas, or would you rather have Thomas or Julio Jones if Julio Jones was healthy? Thomas, because I
1: don't Thomas. know Because I can't trust that Julio stays healthy.
0: Very good. That's a great point. That's a great point. Uh, Thomas or Ridley?
1: Thomas, because Ridley will probably see a lot of Lattimore.
0: And would you rather have Thomas or Thielen?
1: I'm hooked on a Thielen.
0: I'm hooked on a Thielen. Oh, I got a big Thielen. <laughs> uh, thielen or Jefferson. And this was a
1: question that I was asking myself this morning while I was playing with my DFS lineups. Oh,
0: um, me. Didn't mean to interrupt your little playing of DFS lineups.
1: There. <laughs> um, both of them this week against the Jaguars, I think, are going to score. Um, okay. I guess I'll say Jefferson, just to be cute.
0: I think you always score whenever you're hooked on a feeling. <laughs> All right, best tight end in this group. Do we have one? Uh, Taysom Hill, that's the best tight end. end <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. Um, I, I, I guess Hayden Hurst.
0: Well, Waller, we got Waller in there somewhere, right? So oh, yeah, Waller. we got Waller in there, yep, yeah, yep. There. That's it's why I kind of skipped that one. I didn't put anybody's name under there because when I looked at it, I said, oh, it's Waller, it's Waller. Yep, All right, it's Waller. Uh, Next page. Let me remind everybody that we're looking that they are listening to the Fantasy Magnet podcast. I am Wes Easley, your host. You can find me on Twitter at loafin it. You can find J B Barry at Fantasy Coach J B on Twitter. And JB, I know it's on there somewhere where you got our little uh, Fantasy Magnet gear that they're able to order from Viridian Global.
1: Oh yeah, I got it. Still as my pin tweet. I I, I normally every week I pin my sexy flexies article. I pin this podcast. But I've left the Viridian post pinned so that people can find our gear. No, I got my Fantasy Magnets t-shirt, and I love it. And I hope you guys, I know at least five or six of you guys, maybe more at this point, have ordered them. And I hope you guys like them as much as I do.
0: No, you left that pinned tweet there because Layla, your little poochy poochie puppy, is in that thing. And that's just a complete thirst move. You're just trying to get people to thirst after those t-shirts with Layla in the background. Yes, that's right. She was climbing up on the thing behind me. (laughs) Uh, You can also find us over on Anchor FM right there, and make sure you subscribe to the podcast on whatever listening platform you like to listen to podcasts on. Tell your friends about it too. We really appreciate appreciate all the love that you guys have shown us and this Fantasy Magnet podcast. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you like. Make sure you slap those stars around for us as well. The Giants, the New York Giants versus the Seattle Seahawks. We're not going to have any Daniel Jones this week. Uh, I, I just can't see him playing this week with that hamstring injury. So does that mean, JB, that you are attracted to any of those New York Giants this week?
1: Yeah, see, so this will be a quick one since we're we're running long, so this could be a nice quick one. With Colt Mm -hmm. McCoy under center, I'm only starting Ingram and Goleman, and that's it. I don't trust any of those outside receivers. Slayton was already, you know, borderline droppable if you hadn't dropped them already, as was Tate, shouldn't have even been rostered. But I think I'm going to be off a Shepard also with Colt McCoy under center, and I think it's only going to be Ingram and Goleman that I could play from that Giants team.
0: Okay, I'll say Golden Tate is one of those sneaky guys. Because he actually got like I think six targets with Colt McCoy under center last week after he took that took the realm, and I don't know maybe he's just looking for him. I don't know maybe they maybe they had cup of coffee in 1984 or something back in the day. I don't know what it is, but it just looked like he was kind of looking for Golden Tate. So I will put that out there. If if you happen to get in that cheap DFS slot and you're like man I just don't know who to put in here, Golden Tate might be one of those little flyers. But I I, I say that well, and they ain't gonna. They're not going to find the end zone against Seattle, so never mind about it.
1: Well, yeah, that's the thing. That's the other part of it is that Seattle's defense, which was pretty poor at the beginning of the year, has done a complete 180. And I think once they added Carlos Dunlap to that team and they got Jamal Adams back healthy, the defense just has really woken up and has been playing really well. Their linebackers, we know, Wagner and Wright, are awesome. But Dunlap bringing the pressure, and Adams also brings the pressure, and and roams that that secondary. I think that defense is really taking a step forward, and I think they'll be able to take advantage of Colt McCoy.
0: I definitely agree with you. Last week, Carlos Hyde outtouched Chris Carson. Maybe my <laughs> bold prediction will come true, but I don't think that it actually will. Chris Carson just looked like he needs to ease into things. This almost looked like a uh, preseason game to me for Chris Carson. Would you agree with me, or is Carlos Hyde taking over that backfield? Definitely not. Don't uh, <laughs> laugh at me. That's my bold prediction. <laughs> Well, I think if you would have phrased the question as
1: is Carlos Hyde more in the mix, I would have given you a little bit more on that. But to ask me if he's taking over that backfield, that's not even a, not even a question. Chris Carson was getting eased back in. And you could even see when he was in there, he was running like Chris Carson. That guy puts his head down and, and he just runs people over, which actually Carlos Hyde's been running like that too. So it's pretty cool to see them both kind of attacking tacklers, which is really cool. But I, I think it is Carlos. Carson's backfield. I think he'll get a little bit more of the workload this week. This is a game where they should be able to take a lead on the Giants and then run the ball. So you might still see a good mix of Carlos Hyde. I think it's a 70-30 split. But, you know, I think if they're up by a lot, this goes to what we were talking about in the other game also. If they're up by a lot, they could start saying, all right, let's let Carson rest a little bit and continue to get healthy, give Hyde the carries because he's a capable back behind. But I think I, what I'm looking for in this matchup, Wes, is is DK Metcalf against Bradbury. DK Metcalf's a beast. He's been squaring off against some of the best cornerbacks in the league and taking advantage of them. Patrick Peterson, Darius Slay. He's had these tough cornerback matchups, and he's just a cyborg from another planet that's able to take advantage of these matchups. And I really, really want to watch this Metcalf-Bradbury matchup this week. That's going to be fun.
0: Yeah, it almost looks like their Seattle Seahawks are out to prove a point about, um, I don't want to say little Megatron, because the last time somebody said that he was not Megatron, which was last week, uh, I wish I could have seen his eyes when that coach told him that <laughs> that he is not quite playing up to Calvin Johnson level yet. <laughs> I wish I could have seen DK Metcalf's eyes whenever he said that. Uh, but it looks like they're almost out to prove a point that you need to fear DK Metcalf. At all, and, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they're trying to set this up for something later on you know get dk all these looks get dk all these looks and then somewhere in the playoffs it starts becoming locket season all over again or something i i just they they always got that little sneaky game script that we're not able to see and i i just wonder if it's not something like that going on but i seattle always tends to lean heavily on the run come this time of year and i don't think how that's going to change
1: yeah, I think you're right, but I do think that this could be a game where Lockett scores a touchdown or two. He's sure. going to see Darnay Holmes out of the slot, who's definitely a guy that you should be able to take advantage of. So I think Mr. Unlimited throws for three touchdowns before they start running the football.
0: All right. New England Patriots versus the Los Angeles Chargers. Cam Newton? We can't start Cam Newton anymore, can we? Fig Newton? Yes, Fig Newton. <laughs> I don't know. I mean,
1: maybe this week because... No, it's, it's, Come this- on. But this Chargers team, Wes, they, they, their defense finds a way to lose games every week. This uh, is, their offense has been awesome. And what do they Glennon. have? Glennon.
0: Glennon. I'll take Glennon over Newton this week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you, just love, you just love that overgrown mozzarella stick, don't you? <laughs>
0: I don't know about that. Fooled. Uh, I was fooled by James White. I think everybody else is fooled by James White as well. I don't think James White is James White. I don't I don't think that we can count on him to be James White. He didn't really have that many targets. He he scored like two touchdowns from one yard out or something like that, JB. It's just I don't know that we can count on James White to be James White of old.
1: No, and you can't count on James White to score two rushing touchdowns ever again either. So, <laughs> yeah, I do think that it's Harris's backfield, and and that White will get the passing down work, but I think that it's gonna be uh, Harris's backfield. I mean, Harris has shown that he could be the best back. He was a little bit banged up last week, so maybe that's why you saw a little bit more White. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I want to take advantage of this matchup against the Chargers defense that's been yeah. very generous. To opposing offenses, but who do you take advantage of with this this Patriots team that's so hard to figure out?
0: Yeah, and that's I'm repelled against this whole Patriot offense. I want to say Harris, of course, but at at the same time, I just can't. I have no confidence in any of these Patriots. If I can, I am repelled against them all, and I'm going to sit them all. That's what I'm going to do.
1: What about this Chargers
0: team, though? Eckler looked great, right? Eckler looked great last week. We are very attracted to him. I think that he could probably put up some pretty big numbers, even against this New England Patriot defense, who we've been saying for weeks now. Just is not the New England Patriot defense of old.
1: Yeah, and they don't have the linebackers that they used to have either. So, I mean, I think that a guy like Eckler is going to take advantage of running routes against these linebackers. And, look, he might not get... 30 opportunities again like he did last week he had 16 targets out of the backfield <laughs> last week 16 targets for a running back he caught 11 passes so i mean look he's he's a guy who you're so happy to have back at this crucial time in your fantasy season and he's gonna be an rb1 territory probably even top five running back territory this week
0: sure are you repelled by anybody in this offense
1: I'm going to repel against Mike Williams this week because I think he's going to be the one that gets a lot of Gilmore. I don't think Gilmore is going to travel into the slot against Keenan Allen. Now, this Patriots team has shown to be able to be beaten by the deep ball, which should be Mike Williams. But if he's getting Gilmore, then I don't know that I'd trust starting him. But you might want to take a cheap DFS flyer on a guy like Jalen Guyton who could
0: score a long touchdown. Hey, oh, okay, I'll take that under consideration by all means. All right, let's uh, look at this game. Philadelphia versus the Green Bay Packers. To me, I know Carson Wentz isn't leading victories, but he's just not that bad of a fantasy quarterback for us, JB. Yes, he is. Okay, is he really?
1: (laughs) He is, and I don't think it's all his fault, Wes. I think a lot of it falls on that offensive line that's just not blocking for him. Um, He's got guys that he could throw the ball to but he's not getting enough time to be able to read all of his reads. They showed a couple of times in last week's game where he had like, there was one I remember very vaguely that Dallas Goddard run a seam route right down the middle of the field. And Wentz was looking at his first read, which I think was Fulgham on the outside. And he forced the throw to Fulgham when he had Goddard wide open, middle of the field, nobody anywhere near him. And he just didn't get to that read. He's shuffling his feet, he's locked in on his first read, and he's not reading the whole field. So that's kind of worrying me about him, is is that between him not going through his progressions and the offensive line not allowing him to do that, I don't know that I could trust anybody in this passing game outside of maybe Goddard because he's such a matchup nightmare to opposing defenses.
0: He did get bailed out last week from a bad fantasy game, I suppose, a little bit worse of a fantasy game by that late touchdown. Uh, but he finished with almost 20 fantasy points last week, 15 fantasy points the week before in against Cleveland in a bad conditions like we talked about, and then against the Giants. He only had six fantasy points, so maybe he has been a little bit rough. That was coming out of a bye week, though, JB, against the Giants, and the Giants have just been straight fire, baby. Uh, okay. But I, <laughs> I will say I don't, I don't necessarily trust Carson Wentz, But I think you could do worse, like Cam Newton, possibly. All right, Uh, for Wentz, this this they got to hand the ball off more too. I don't know what they're doing, not getting Sanders involved. But last week, Green Bay made Montgomery look fantastic, fantastic, and they maybe they've been resting up Sanders just for this moment. Shouldn't this be a big Sanders week?
1: Yeah, I have Sanders as as a high end RB one this week. In fact, I. I'll go out on a limb and say that he probably finished in the top six or seven in running backs this week. I I have him up there with the likes of like Robinson and such this week. So I think of I'm starting, I started to build my DFS lineup, like I said, and it was Derek Henry, James Robinson, and Miles Sanders in my flex, and then I'm building around there. And that's why you heard me talk about Pittman and Davis as my wide receivers because I got to kind of save money a little bit with these running backs. But yeah, I think that Sanders does have a big week this week uh, against this Green Bay defense who who loves giving up yardage to running backs.
0: We will start any tight end uh, this week, but probably not any of the wide receivers. I'm not I'm not attracted to any of the wide receivers. Can I be attracted to Ertz? Or am I speaking wrong there?
1: Um, you can, I just think it's going to take, I'd like to wait a week or so to see if they get their connection back. Obviously, you know, Wentz and Ertz have a great connection, they're good friends in real life, but I, I, with all the time that Ertz has missed, I want to see them kind of get back on the same page, let him, let Ertz get his sea legs under him, so to speak, you know, I, I think Goddard still has the big game, he's a matchup nightmare, like I mentioned, so I
0: think I would stick with Goddard, and I'd wait on Ertz this week. For Green Bay, I'd need. we need to get Robert Tunyon endorsed by Funyuns, because I just I like Funyuns. I don't dislike Funyuns at all. I like Funyuns quite a bit, as a matter of fact. And I just think that Tunyon is turning out to be a star from the tight end position, JB. He's giving you good fantasy numbers each and every week. Uh, tell me if I'm wrong.
1: I'd like to, because you know I'm not a big Tunyon fan. Um, But in in this economy, in this tight end economy, he's a a tight end one. He's one of those guys that you'll have at that 8 to 11 spot in your tight end rankings every week, as ugly as it might be.
0: Yeah, no, he is, and he's just getting the targets. He's getting the shares, and he's finding the end zone, too. Every once in a while, I wish he'd find the end zone a little bit more. If he did, man alive, he'd be uh, he, he'd be really special this year. And a rookie, too, by the way. I think he's a rookie. So that, uh, no, third year? No, yeah, he was drafted in 2017. Yeah, 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 he's third he's year. Just he just never just hasn't done anything. Yeah, he's never played. Okay, uh, so anyway, Tony is a star. Are you repelled by anybody in this offense, J.B.? Well, that's the tricky part, Wes, because like, you're talking about Tunyon, and now they got Lazard
1: back, so you you have all of these people that Rodgers could pass to, and Rodgers, obviously, his eye is going to go to Adams first, and it's going to be Adams that's getting the bulk of it, so now those residual targets have to be spread out between MVS, Lazard, Tunyon, so I don't know that there's enough volume for those guys with all the volume that Adams soaks up, so... I don't know that I could trust anybody in that passing game outside of Adams, but I do trust the running game.
0: Okay. And, and Williams, is Williams kind of playable nowadays? He
1: is. He's definitely flexible. I think that he's a guy that I would flex because he's, he's playing more of a role. I I would like it to be Aaron Jones's backfield, but for some reason, it seems like they hate him and they don't want him to do well. Um, I'm still going to start him as an RB two, but I'll also start Williams as a flex.
0: Okay. Uh, it was, it was Aaron Jones birthday, I think this week. So just keep that in mind. All right. Uh, Denver Broncos versus the Kansas city chiefs. Woo. Those Kansas city chiefs played really, 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 really well last week. Denver is going to actually have a quarterback under center, but I don't know that I can have confidence of any of those quarterbacks under center this week. JB, are you attracted to any of them?
1: No. Um, I think I I would be repelled by luck, even though I I like, being able to play against Kansas City's defense, which is shown to be beatable. Mm-hmm. I just don't know that they're going to be able to take advantage of it. Look, they should be they should be down by a lot and throwing the ball a lot, so there might be some value there for guys like Judy, who was still a little banged up, so I'm a little afraid to start him. Tim Patrick hasn't done much lately, so I'm a little afraid to start him. The only one that I might be able to start with confidence in the passing game would be Noah Fant.
0: Yeah, I think Fant is one of those guys that you probably would like a lot. And the running back situation, hit or miss, right? I mean, if, if you drafted Melvin Gordon, you got to play Melvin Gordon, but I'm not necessarily attracted to him, and I want to go out and grab him this week.
1: Yeah, I think this is a week that I would be attracted to him, actually. Um, I think that he has the opportunity this week to take advantage of a, a Kansas City defense that's beatable against the run, and his running back mate is banged up. I don't know if Lindsey's going to play. He's got a knee injury. So he may not even play this week. So it's going to give the volume also okay. to Melvin Gordon. So I would want to start him this week. I think that he's definitely playable and that's why he was my other sexy flexy.
0: Okay. All right. That's very good logic. And we're not repelled against anybody in this Kansas City Chief uh, lineup, are we? Nope. Start them all. Start, yeah, how far can we go? Can we go Sammy Watkins? Yep. Can we go to Marcus Robinson? No. Okay. All right. So there there is a line somewhere, right? (laughs) Well, only because I think you'd have better options. Okay. I agree. I agree. I know what you're saying. All right. So for quarterbacks, let me ask you, uh, Herbert or Wentz? Herbert. Herbert or Russell Wilson? Mr.
1: Unlimited.
0: Uh, Mr. Unlimited or Aaron Rodgers? This week slightly mr unlimited (laughs) okay uh and finally would you rather have russ or mahomes this week mahomes okay that's that's hands down that's all i feel silly for even asking all right running backs gallman or carson Mm, carson yeah yeah okay cars carson or sanders 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 or c-e-h sanders oh wow sanders or eckler Eckler. Eckler, huh? Uh, and I have, uh, I don't even know who that last one is. It's Eckler and somebody with a J. Jones. Uh, Aaron is Jones. it really Jones? Oh, yeah, yeah, probably. yeah, Jones. Okay.
1: Uh, probably, and I would have to lean Eckler because he's, he doesn't have Jamal Williams.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah, I agree. And plus those 16 targets were really nice. Wide receivers. This is a weird one. Metcalf or Lockett? I have to say Metcalf. Okay. <laughs> yeah you better or else he may come hunt you down and run after you somewhere. You better you better or else the next time you're walking down the road you might hear those footsteps just running behind you. Uh Metcalf Metcalf or Keenan Allen? See you should have saved
1: that for last. Cause I was just thinking about that and I'm like, man, which one between Metcalf and Keenan Allen? Um Keenan Allen? Oh. <laughs> Keenan Allen because he plays out of the slot and won't see Bra- uh, won't see the Bradbury shadow that Metcalf's
0: gonna see. All right, then Keenan Allen or Devontae Adams. <laughs> see, this one's a tough one. This, this is, is a tough one. No, this is these are tough all the a way tough through. Grouping Devontae yeah. Adams. Okay, I gotta agree with you there, Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill.
1: Devontae Adams.
0: Wow, boy, that was that was amazing last week. I know it was against your Buccaneers last week, JB, and you are emotionally tied to that. But you had to be able to appreciate what the what the Kansas City Chiefs were doing last week. Not that you liked it, but you could appreciate it.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely appreciate it, especially since it won me some money in DFS. So okay. I, I hated seeing my boy Carlton Davis get beat like that. He's been playing so well this year. He just I, You can't put him one-on-one with Tyreek Hill. You can't put anybody okay, one-on-one yeah. with Tyreek Hill. All
0: right, uh, Henry, as far as tight ends go, Henry or Font? Henry. Henry or Ingram? Ingram. Okay, Ingram or Tonian? Ingram okay Ingram
1: even with a Colt McCoy yeah even with it. even more so with a Colt McCoy
0: really okay all right I think Back he only saw... quarterbacks
1: that that are have happy feet are gonna
0: look for their tight ends he only had one target I think since when Colt McCoy uh, took a snap with him yeah, I, but now I'm he's a little weak to practice. That's why I picked up Akins last week, because I knew. My, my little fortune teller ball in the leagues that I like, I got Akins everywhere, and I had Ingram in a lot of places as well. And now I'm going to be starting Akins over Ingram. Akins or Ingram? Ingram. You're wrong. All right.
1: Yeah, Washington. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. I think Aikens. Aikens, 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 Aikens. <laughs> My flag is on Aikens. No matter what the question is, the answer is Aikens this week. Aikens,
0: Aikens. Warring, warring or Aikens. Uh, uh, Washington <laughs> at Pittsburgh, J.B. Pittsburgh just played yesterday. They're going to play again after four days rest. And we know those Washington Redskins have had at least ten days off. Oh, I you did it. You did it. <laughs> You called them the oh, Redskins. Ah, oh, my bad, my bad, everybody. You know, it's one of those things. Hey, I'm still living in the '80s, let alone You've like, trying so to. Been so good get Washington- with it too. You've been so good. Did- yeah, we have been good. Okay, so I got to drop a quarter in the bucket or something. The Washington <laughs> football team, uh, they and they're going to end up with like. Uh, two weeks off before this game starts. I don't I don't know. Well, the, when I was doing some things and I was looking back at these games, the Washington football team, the Dallas Cowboys and stuff like that, I was like, really, man? That seems like such a long time ago that they played. And it was just a week ago, JB, that we were watching those guys play Gibson's, uh, Gibson. He's definitely the running back in the backfield now. They're, I think they need to feed him, feed him, feed him. Or is this a week where he's going to be off against Pittsburgh and that other guy is going to end up being in the picture again?
1: No, McKissick will be involved because they'll probably be playing from behind, so they'll need to get McKissick involved in the passing game, but it's clearly Gibson's backfield. He's the lead back there. And yes, it's a tough matchup against the Steelers, but they just lost Bud Dupree last night. Mm-hmm. Bud Dupree's one of their stars on their on their defense. That's going to be a big loss for them, and they're going to he's not a guy that you could just replace. So, I do think that you can start Gibson, and you could be confident in playing him even in a tough matchup.
0: Okay, so Gibson, uh, my question was, Gibson, can he this week? Can he? Can he be successful?
1: Yeah, I think he can. I don't think okay. he's going to you know, be, be a top-tier option, but he's a low-end RB1.
0: Terry McLaurin, can he this week?
1: Yep, absolutely. You Logan... can always trust him.
0: Logan Thomas. Can he?
1: In this tight end economy,
0: yes, he's a, he's okay. a tight end. One. <laughs> All right, that sounds good. We're not playing Alex Smith, though. Even though we mentioned McLaurin and we mentioned Thomas, we can't mention Alex Smith this week. I don't nope. think against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, uh, I, come on, I mean, he should be He should have to wear a red outfit or something like that, where they can't touch him. You know, they can only touch him as they run by. They can't actually sack Alex Smith. Alex Smith, man, he's got my heart, man. Alex Smith has my heart, man. And, and I just think I, I would hate to see him get hurt again. That would just be terrible in this year, 2020. And, I, and it just it can't happen. No, no. I'm saying no to 2020 and getting Alex Smith hurt. Do you hear me? You I just leave Alex Smith alone, 2020. <laughs> All right, Pittsburgh is only going to have four days rest. Are you repelled by anyone, though, on this Pittsburgh offense?
1: Just the running game, because I don't know if you're going to have Connor back yet. And if you don't have Connor back yet, I don't know that you could trust Benny Snell against this Washington defense, which is a pretty good defense. Um, I will still start all of those weapons in the passing game, including Ebron, though, because they like to throw, and Ben's been playing well. See, this is a fun game, because you look at Alex Smith as the guy who, as soon as he took a snap or as soon as he threw a touchdown, there's your comeback player of the year. But if he didn't take
0: a snap this year, Ben Roethlisberger clearly comeback player of the year, is he not? Well, he is, and he still might be. I mean, he still might be everybody's heart though goes to Alex Smith. But then if you start thinking about, well, Ben didn't play last year hardly at all, and and so then your your common sense says Ben Roethlisberger. But there's no way because Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, uh, I mean, just just I mean, from an outside perspective, he doesn't have the numbers of some of the other guys, but Ben Roethlisberger could be in the MVP discussion.
1: Yeah, he's certainly good. He's been playing phenomenal. They've been throwing the ball well. Did you see his interview after the game yesterday? No. They came out of a win, and they interviewed him, and he had this stoic, straight face, like somebody just like pissed in his yard. Like He was just so mad, and they were like, you just won the game, and he's like, yeah, we didn't play well. We have a lot of work to do. We didn't play well. We need to, we need to start watching film. We got Washington coming to town in a few days. We're going to go in there. We're going to take a shower and we're going to start watching film. We got to play better than this. We got to play better. Like he was, he was angry. So he's got this fire this year, man. This is an undefeated team just coming off of a win, which they pretty much dominated the game. You know, there was a garbage time touchdown to make it a one-score game. But they pretty much dominated the game from start to finish, and he was mad at the way they played and said that they didn't play well and they need to do better.
0: You're going to say I'm a genius after what I'm about to say, JB. Okay, But I'm going to tell you who they remind me of. They, they remind me of the New England Patriots for years. And the way Ben Roethlisberger is getting the ball out of his hand, using every wide receiver, using the tight end, using every option that there is, they're not leaning on the run game very heavily at all, and then they have that defense that can just dominate an entire game from their own perspective and put up some touchdowns. They just remind me of the New England Patriots of old.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a good comparison, except for the fact that they have a lot more weapons in the passing game than the Patriots ever had.
0: Well, I, I will agree with you. They do have those names. But if it wasn't Ben Roethlisberger throwing the ball to them, would they ever have those names? I mean, I just, you know, I, I understand what you're saying. But uh, at the same time, I think it's kind of a Tom Brady made the Julian Edelmans of the world and, and made those other people. And I think Ben Roethlisberger is elevating all those wide receivers games right now to a whole different level. He, he is seeing the, the offense so well. He's, he's knowing how to make those reads so quick and get the ball out of his hand. That's just what it reminded me up when I was watching it for a little while yesterday. All right, the Buffalo yeah. Bills versus the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, let's, let's just face it. Josh Allen plays better with John Brown, right? Uh, Yeah, probably. I would say so. Well, these fantasy numbers kind of say that. Not that we can ever sit Josh Allen, but this San Francisco defense is just really tough this week, JB. Last week, they played lights out against the Rams. Are you playing, or are you attracted to Josh Allen in DFS lineups, or Stephon Diggs, or I know you're stuck with them whenever we're playing them in our regular season, but what about DFS? Yeah, and
1: DFS, I'm probably going to be off of them this week, and I was on them last week, and it was a little disappointing. I think I'm going to pretty much stay away from this offense this week in this matchup. I think this is a a tough spot for them. I think San Francisco is looking at this like, hey, we still have an outside shot here. After they won last week, they're looking at this as if we could pull the upset here against Buffalo, then we can get, you know, Jimmy and Kittle back. We could still make a run at this. They just got Sherman back. So I think if they, they played the way they did last week, they could win this game. So I'm a little bit nervous about this Buffalo offense. I'm not going to start the ancillary pieces this week, even though Gabe Davis and Beasley both did okay last week. I'm not going to start them this week. I'm going to start Diggs and Allen in my season longs because you have to. But even the backfield scares me because I was hoping they'd come out of the bye and kind of changing of the guards to Moss like some of the other teams did out of their buys, but you saw a lot of Singletary last week, and Singletary actually ran pretty well last week. So I'm going to stay away from that murky backfield too, and I'm, I'm going to repel against this offense this week.
0: I got to look at the matchups that they have in the playoffs, but the Buffalo Bills defense is coming around a little bit, so I'm just going to have to look at that because I know I expected more out of them going into this season. So I'm going to have to take a look a little closer look at that uh, after we get off the air. San Francisco 49ers, Debo is an all go. What about Jordan Reed though?
1: Um, he's playable. He's just he's okay. he's a playable streamer tight end. Probably at that back end, like that, you know, that 12 range, you know, a guy that you need to stream a tight end, he's playable. But I do like Debo, and I like Ayuk is back this week also. So I would play those two, and maybe Jordan Reed, and that's about it.
0: Okay. And the running back. So you got to play most start, right? And what about if Jeff Wilson ends up being able to play as well? Do you got to play both of those guys?
1: No, no. I'm repelled by Wilson. I would stick with Mostert okay. only because I think that, again, I think they could win this game. And you know, San Francisco style is running the ball and throwing those short passes. So he'll get the volume.
0: And that San Francisco defense is a good one as well. All right. For the Dallas Cowboys. No. Okay, that was easy, JB. Let's move on to the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> I don't know you I don't know I I mean the red rifle
1: looked decent he's getting them the the pass catchers involved I mean it Baltimore's mad JP Baltimore's mad Baltimore (laughs) is mad but Baltimore
0: yeah I don't know if you could trust Baltimore either you know what I mean I had well. I had no. I had no on both of them. To be honest with you. That was kind of my my punchline was both of them. Actually, uh, with Cooper, maybe the wide receiver. I really think that uh, Andy Dalton loves to zero in on one of those wide receivers, and I think his name is Cooper. I, I just I think he's going to keep him happy each and every each and every game. Going to try to anyway.
1: I think so, too. I think he's the number one receiver, and and they they need to treat him as such. And Andy Dalton's a veteran. He's been around long enough. He knows how to take care of his his wide receivers. So I think it's going to be Cooper that gets the majority of the focus. But I also think that Lamb is playable. I think Schultz is playable. This team is not going to throw as much as they did with Dak in the beginning of the season. But they're still going to throw the ball a ton. You know, Baltimore is a pretty good defense. They have some pretty good corners but there's going to be volume. So I would be okay in sticking with those guys.
0: Zeke is such a tough thing to tell. And you know he wants to do out there and do really well. And you know he w- he's going to have the effort this week after fumbling last week. But you got to go out there and get Tony Pollard at this point, right?
1: Uh, yeah, you're turning your bench at this point anyway. So Pollard's a guy that shouldn't be available in free agency. So if you're turning your bench and you're you're grabbing guys, at this point you're not going to hold on to a guy you're not going to start. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to hold on to somebody who's might be a a starting running back, but, meh, he doesn't really have good matchups or or good upside. so you're never going to start him in your fantasy playoffs. So you want to sub that guy out for a guy like Pollard on your roster, who, if something does happen to Zeke, he's going to get the carries. I mean, he's already getting a portion of this offense, and if Zeke does go down... He's RB1 conversation.
0: Yeah, and, and if Zeke fumbles again, he might be RB1 conversation. All right, so With Baltimore, it's really hard to tell because of the COVID situations that are there. But if J.K. Domins is back, you got to play him against this Dallas offense. And really, I, I do want parts of this uh, Baltimore Ravens offense if they happen to come back off of COVID lists and all that just because the Dallas defense has not been that great all season long.
1: Yeah, it's a defense that you want to target and take advantage of. But you can't because you can't really trust this passing game. Lamar will most likely be back. I think he clears it in time. But I don't think Mark Andrews clears it in time for this game. So I don't think you're going to have Mark Andrews. And I don't know if you could trust Marquise Brown. I don't even want to call him Hollywood anymore. Yeah, he scored the touchdown yesterday. But outside of that long touchdown, he did nothing until the very end of the game where he catches a touchdown from Trace McSorley. So I don't know. I I think that he could score this week against this defense with Lamar back, but can you trust him after he's just burnt you no. time and time again this year?
0: No, and I'm going to be honest with you. I think that if you have Baltimore Ravens for this Monday night matchup or Tuesday night matchup, whatever it is, I understand that they could play. Then again, they, they might not play. I would just make other contingency plans, and I would try to put other people in that lineup unless you just absolutely need Lamar Jackson to go off. Then you got to then you got to take that chance and play him. Uh, because we definitely see that the NFL is willing to go the extra mile. And maybe I will get my Friday night football game after all, (laughs) even if these Baltimore Ravens don't play. All right, JB, Ben or Josh Allen? Ben. Uh, And Ben or Lamar Jackson if he plays? Lamar. Okay. Running backs, Ezekiel Elliott or Mostart? Mostart. Mustard or J.K. Dobbins, if he plays? Mm. Mustard. All right. And Mustard or Gibson against Pittsburgh? Mm. That's tricky. Gibson against literally anybody else.
1: That's a Mm -hmm. no-brainer. I'll still go Gibson. (laughs) All
0: right. Uh, Who do I have here? I have somebody with the name of... Uh, coup something, Coo something. Uh, I don't, I don't know what that is at all. I have no idea. Diggs or Debo? Oh, Cooper. Cooper or Diggs? Cooper. Cooper or Debo? Debo. Debo or McLaren against Pittsburgh? Debo. Debo or any of the Pittsburgh wide receivers? Debo. Oh, no way, JP. Come on, man.
1: Really? I I wouldn't have said that I have Debo that high until you just gave me these comparisons. And I think I take Debo over any of the Pittsburgh wide receivers because I don't know which of the Pittsburgh wide receivers. You know what I mean? Like there's so there's three of them that literally could catch eight passes apiece. And it's just a matter of you don't know which one's going to get in the end zone. Whereas if you're looking at the Niners, it's likely going to be Debo that gets in the end zone.
0: You know, and, and that's something to say, because even if they catch eight passes a piece, which they, which they all seem to do each and every week, right? And you can even say Eric Ebron is catching eight passes as well. That's sixteen. That's eight fantasy points and then plus the yardage, you know, right. depending on the league you're in. So I'm not scared away from, uh, from playing any of those Pittsburgh wide receivers. And I'd imagine every fantasy owner that has one is just happy as all get out right now. And you can tell by the tone of my voice that I don't own <laughs> any of them because of that reason. <laughs> unfortunately hey jb good show i know you like that game we're gonna have to play that game again i really like that game as well so i enjoy hearing your opinions and tell everybody where they can find you on twitter and what you got posted there
1: at fantasy
0: coach jb my
1: sexy flexies came out today on rasball.com uh you could find me on monday nights on the fantasy besties live pod with a bunch of my fantasy besties recapping the week's games and just shooting the breeze with a lot of cool fun people so it's 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 a good time out there have you have you gotten to watch this a little
0: bit Wes? i have i have i've even interacted just a little bit with you guys so yes uh i i have been able to watch you and it is a good time and i like all the different segments how it bounces around from everybody and everybody has their own little part
1: Yep, yep. We try to do that, and we organize the show. I mean, we talk every day. This, this, we have a group chat. We literally talk every day. I was telling you before we started the show, Jordan Loop sings for us on the group chat. He's guy's got a heck of a voice, man. He he, he does great obvies and logos and all that, and the guy could sing, man. He's got a country <laughs> voice. He can sing. So I mean, got to give props to Loop.
0: sounds good uh and and make sure you turn the bell on even i'll say turn the notification on because you're making your rounds nowadays it seems like on twitter appearing on different shows and you can always ask jb just slide into his dms and ask him if he'd like to be on the program with you i'm sure jb will love to be able to do that so uh, appreciate you jb thanks for all your hard work my friend appreciate you my man always a good time at Fantasy Coach JB on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter, Wes Easley, at Loafinit. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore where we put up those fit crew picks or the fit picks each and every week, which I think we did okay on last week as well. We got some really good numbers as far as season-long win totals and everything right now of picking on every single one of those NFL games. We just pick them all. We pick every single one of them. Everybody here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network does. John, John Frisella, uh, Pee Wee does, and Bobby Smith does as well. You can also head over to Anchor FM. Make sure you subscribe to the show on that platform, whatever platform you like listen, listening to the show on. If it happens to be the iTunes app, slap those stars around leave a comment leave a review but more importantly than all those actions we want to encourage you here from the fantasy impact today network to go out and find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today